is in there. It's weird and pissed off, whatever it is. She just goes a little mad sometimes. We all go a little mad sometimes. Game over, man. Game over. What an excellent day for an exorcism. You are invited to an open house where horror will be your host. Don't fall asleep. No chance of falling asleep with the intro music that loud in my headphones. Did that blow your head off too, Liz? <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we, we for the for the beauty. Oh, fuck me, dead. It's going to be one of those days, I think. No, that is a whole other episode. That is a whole other episode. <laughs> we're actually we're actually doing this episode remotely because uh, COVID nineteen has hit the beautiful pariah state of South Australia. So we're we're working from home using the magic of Stargate or Zoom. Uh, but yeah, oh, you shouldn't have said that. You should have said using only the power of Ouija. Ouija, indeed. Yes, this is all being decompre- de- decompressed at the other end by goblins and shit. Fuck, I'm tired. <laughs> It's been a long day. <laughs> oh, my God. We're only into, uh, for those of us outside of South Australia, we have just gone into day one of complete quarantine lockdown. No one can leave their house except uh, essential workers. And day one and John is already cracking under the pressure. Can I say The Shining would have been a very different film <laughs> if you were in it? <laughs> and he got more of his book written than I have. I've been working on the same book for 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have a tennis ball to throw against the wall. I'm fucked. <laughs> do you want to know just the? I mean, we have we have to one day do a whole episode on The Shining. But just on a side note, you know when he first arrives at the hotel, yeah. and is standing in the lobby and meets everybody. Yes. Why is there so much luggage in the lobby? That's a really good question. Is it leftover stuff, or has he moved in? Did his luggage come beforehand? What? Because he, he only drove a Volkswagen yeah, Beetle. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, they're not – he's he's working as like a live-in janitor over the winter. He can't afford that much luggage, surely. I don't know. People didn't exactly tra- – I mean, this is like the Titanic, man. He had steamer trunks and shit, didn't he? <laughs> I mean, he was moving in. <laughs> yeah, but you're moving into a hotel. What do you need to bring? Unless yeah. there were like family members in there we didn't see. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, um, it might have been all the emotional baggage that Kubrick left. Um, what's her name? Uh, oh, uh, Shelley Duvall. Shelley Duvall. It might have been all the all the emotional baggage they left her with because that movie fucked her life, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Oh, we have to do an episode. We have to do an episode on the on the Shining, and we can just call it The Shining or Fucking with Women. <laughs> Oh, well, so long as you get that one good shot. I mean, you know, the the fear reaction is what you need. Tarantino is not guilty of that at all, is he? <laughs> Have you ever seen the footage of Uma hey. Thurman crashing that Volkswagen Carmen gear? Uh, no. So apparently, uh, not apparently about it, they actually released the footage. The Uma Thurman had to fight for years to get the footage, but Tarantino, in order to get some authenticity to that, you know when um, in the second Kill Bill film where the bride is driving through, I believe it's the, the jungle in Cabo in Mexico, and she's in a in a Volkswagen Carmen gear, a car that appears several times throughout Tarantino's films. It's in Once Upon a Time in Mexico mm-hmm. and a few other things. So that she, for the authenticity, he wanted Uma Thurman to be driving the car, and he wanted her to be driving super fast. Like it's really quite quick when you see mm-hmm. the actual footage of the car driving. Now Uma Thurman could yeah. not drive a manual transmission, so specifically mm-hmm. for that shot, they taught her how to drive this car. This is a car from the '60s, man. Like it does not handle well. 
and you're getting someone to do a dangerous like this is a job for a professional driver, you know. So uh-huh. this is this is a really quite dangerous job. And of course, you know, she washes it out on a corner and I say, of course, because any actor would have done this who doesn't have serious skills behind the wheel. It's got nothing to do with being a man or a woman. And she plows straight into the side of a berm and she really slams into the steering wheel. And it was all for the sake of getting some authenticity. And she really fucked her back up and some other stuff. Like they had to get like emergency workers to get there. And she fought for years to get that footage from Miramax. And it's like, just get a stunt double in a wig. Yeah, but, no, but the thing is, the perfect shot lasts forever. Film actors come and go. <laughs> well, in the Harvey De- Harvey Weinstein days of Miramax, they certainly did. They, I doubt many of them. <laughs> I doubt many of them actually came, but they certainly they certainly went. Um, no, I was that, just going to say, out of the history of, but of that things shot is, that shot is completely inconsequential, though. Like in terms of the storytelling, yes, she's driving fast for a few minutes, but mm. it, yeah, it doesn't make the film. Like, there's at no point do you go, oh wow, she's really flogging that Carmen gear through the bush. Oh, you say that now, but you don't know like the emotional subtext that that created. You know that that could have been the whole, you know, that could have been what made that film. You don't know. But I'm a car guy, and I love Volkswagen Carmen gears, and that shot didn't speak to me. <laughs> I'm saying it was it was a waste of someone's. It was a waste of a spinal injury. <laughs> Uh, for the perfect shot, no spinal injury is ever wasted. No, and, and Christopher Reeve didn't even get his on camera for fuck's sake. I mean, you know, talk about <laughs> talk about giving it away in rehearsals. <laughs> oh, that that's well, he took a very dark turn. That did. We, we've all got regrets, Liz. <laughs> and that's what this episode is about. This episode is probably more than anything about things that we regret, but still tell people because. I don't know. I'm I'm kind of one of these people that seems to think that maybe regrets are sometimes best left buried. You know, like I think about some of the things I've done in the past that you know people know about that I shouldn't have told them about. You know, like for for example, if we if I'm going to come clean, in the late '90s and early 2000s, I was quite a fan of Corn and Slipknot. <laughs> oh. Mm, and oh, Cradle of Filth. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Worst band name ever. I'm calling it officially worst band name ever. Yeah, and if you want, if you're growing up in a small country town and want to guarantee yourself to be unfuckable, get yourself a Cradle of Filth T-shirt. That's uh, that's pretty. It's just chick repellent. <laughs> well, that's because no one has ever looked at the three words Cradle of Filth and went <laughs> moist. <laughs> <laughs> it just, it just, I gotta admit, it's not a panty dropper. It's no. not a panty dropper. The only universe that that is in any way a leg spreader is in like one of those bad kind of late 90s, early 2000s goth nightclub scenes that were always like with a secret place where the vampires would gather in some neo noir <laughs> tech thriller. They're all listening to like Nine Inch Nails and that sort of stuff, and people are dancing. It's like, oh, we're vampires, but we're like totally into like Trent Reznor, you know? Oh my god! No, well, actually, what's that? Uh, what's the universe that the uh, that Hellraiser, <laughs> the, the Cenobites? Where are they from? That that might get you. That might get you moist in their realm. Can I just say? And this might be this might be a cardinal sin in the world that we exist in. But Hellraiser, fucking terrible, Irre- <gasps> irredeemably bad. That film is fucking bullshit. <gasps> hey, when you say that film, okay, that that entire franchise. All- there is That's, nothing good oh, about. We're going to get hate mail. Oh, I'm I'm sure there's plenty of people that agree with me. Even, uh, but I I mean, even for you have to give them credits for special yeah. effects alone. No, 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 no. So so the practical effects in that film were fantastic. The costume design was fantastic. 
beyond that, it's just kind of like mm, Clive Barker's a bit of a pervert. That's pretty much all I got from it. This this dude's into fucking demons. <laughs> I think we've established anyone who made eighties horror was some kind of sex pervert. Uh, uh, John I'm just Carpenter? saying, like, because there's just John, there's, John Carpenter. Know. I would leave my kids with John Carpenter. He seems like a good guy. <laughs> You know what? I might leave my kids with him, but I wouldn't leave my dogs. <laughs> oh, no. No, no, no. <laughs> that, that, I'm going to say, that is the worst pet sitting ever. <laughs> Just, yeah, you know. Oh, sorry, man. Your, your dog kind of got into the, the, the dog food and it's turned into an intergalactic shapeshifter. So, sorry yeah, about it's, that. Yeah, it's kind of... Yeah, it's kind of morphed into like a, like a two-headed, you know, dog person blob. So, uh, where's my dog? It's know, in that red parka. <laughs> it's impersonating a Just geologist running through the snow. <laughs> Some angry Norwegian following him. Here, boy. Here, boy. <laughs> I tell you what, though the the opening scene of the thing have, with my neighbours and their dogs, I wish I was that Norwegian just dropping grenades out of a helicopter onto those yappy little fucks. No, you don't. I look. I no, don't, don't. I don't wish them genuine harm. I wish them an owner who would look after them and exercise them so they wouldn't spend their entire lives barking at me. That's pretty much what I wish for. Well, no, I was going to say, if you're going to drop a gr- grenade, drop the grenade on the owners and then the dogs will be fine. The dogs will be like, hooray. <laughs> that is true. Uh, but we digress. It's never we- the dog's fault. It's it's always the owner. It is, yeah. But I was, we digress because we were, we were talking about sexual perverts and regrets and it was pretty much leading us into the theme of, of this week's podcast because we are talking about some regrettable behaviour which people, for some reason are compelled to tell the world about. Uh, what are we talking about this week on Gabin in the Woods? <laughs> Elizabeth, let us know. <laughs> this week we are broaching the subject of alien sex. Ooh. That's right, sex with aliens. Hang on, we need some or... sex with alien music. Just hang on. Oh, yeah. Sex with aliens or... The truth is in their pants. <laughs> or close encounters of the third base. <laughs> or indie pants day. <laughs> or I went to Uranus and all I got was this lousy probe. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah, we are going a little more unusual this week. Something that may make your skin crawl for all the right reasons. <laughs> Come with us as we boldly put our penises and vajays where no person has boldly gone before. <laughs> we are opening ourselves up to the stars as we go deep into the world of sex with aliens. Yes. Can I offer my alternate suggestions for the, uh, for the podcast? Oh, yes, please. See, I think you missed the obvious one, Whore of the Worlds. I think <laughs> that, that could have been a good one. Uh, if, you just remove, <laughs> if you just remove one word from a classic movie title, you could have Invasion of the Snatchers uh, oh. mm, uh, or my potential favourite, uh, It Came on My Chest uh, <laughs> or The Dong from Another World. I think that would work. Again, if these are not porn, they should be. 
Because basically, there are a whole bunch of people out there who are basically they've they've been involved in some kind of space Thailand, some weird sex tourism involving aliens, and they're telling the world about it. Oh yes, i i was a, I was a little bit worried, a little bit apprehensive when I started researching this that um, that you'd be on a list. I would have find. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to find enough information. It turns out we will have multiple episodes <laughs> on this very topic. <laughs> now, I mean, the thing is, like, uh, Alien Encounters really began to cut, uh, sort of catch the attention of the modern eye in, I guess I'd say the 50s and the 60s. Yeah. Everyone was paranoid, checking underneath the bed for reds and aliens. Perhaps they should have been keeping their gaze a little higher and in their beds. Yeah, well, it was the baby boom, wasn't it? <laughs> chicka chicka chow. Yeah, reds under the bed and backs on mattresses. That's how the world worked. <laughs> now, people reported seeing mysterious flying airships even in the 19th century. In 1897, a Colonel H.G. Shaw made the papers recounting a story in which he and his friend were menaced by three tall and slender-looking humanoids who were covered in a fine, downy hair. Now, to be fair, they could the have three... just been Dutch. <laughs> <laughs> Very tall, the Dutch. Very fine, blonde hair in my experience as well. Downy? Very downy? Oh, some of them have do have come them? across as goslings. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're a beautiful people. They're not going to have the same coarse, horrible insect hair that people like me do from Ireland. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, nobody nobody wants that all over. No. Um, I mean, I've got hair like yours, just not on my head. Um, oh, brundlefly. Yeah, okay. <laughs> now, the, these three beings, without explanation, proceeded to attempt to kidnap the colonel and his companion. Now, they were able through sheer determination to fight them off. It probably never even occurred to the colonel to try beating them off instead. <laughs> Enter our heroes of today. <laughs> now, when John Carpenter released his alien horror movie, The Thing, the tagline read, man is the warmest place to hide. He may have been more spot on than he realised. I'll tell you what, it makes the now, old Christmas game of hide and seek a little bit awkward. <laughs> Just, you know, really gives an incentive to it. Um, in 1957, Antonio Villas Boas, a Brazilian farmer, claimed to have been abducted by aliens and then had sex with one of them. Mm. This, you know what, that is one E.T. director's cut. I do not want to see. <laughs> Where's that glowing finger going? Now, after the bar usual barrage of tests, skin cultures, blood is drawn, stealing his watch... Antonio claims that an extremely attractive female alien with large cat-like blue eyes and long blonde hair came into his room. She disrobed and the two of them had sex. Right. And what we will learn over this episode, it is amazing how many space aliens miraculously, miraculously look like Valkyries with giant titties what are the odds i mean no one's admitting to fucking the guy from mac and me are they <laughs> a dumpy little thing with weird ears and it's bold and it's got a gut it's got a i mean it's oh i was in the spaceship and it rested its big gut on my back and oh no one's no one's admitting to that 
Oh my god. Yeah, you know, <laughs> no celebrity rock star wants to admit they've put a baby xenomorph right up the back door. <laughs> Although I wouldn't put it past Weinstein. Oh, now Antonio's fact-finding mission goes even deeper for the truth. As, return, as Antonio reports back that when it comes to aliens, apparently the curtains and the carpet do not match as his blonde-haired lover, in fact, had bright red pubic hair and underham hair. Wow, so even, now, even in outer space they have unrealistic standards of beauty. <laughs> well, no, no, no. That is uh, uh, that's just from our newspaper articles. Um, actually, what I f- what I found most funny was that um, in one of these articles, the male reporter was most traumatized, not by the man being abducted, or that aliens exist, or that they were forced to undergo medical experiments. Right. He was most disturbed by the fact that the female alien had underarm hair. <laughs> oh, Brazilian misogyny. Machismo strikes again. <laughs> I can wear it's, boat it's shoes, but you must cl- pluck every inch of hair from your body that is not on your head. <laughs> <laughs> we reject your downiness here. I mean, wait a Focus on the issue, dude. I know. He would would not have coped in Avatar with them connecting their fucking tails to each other and shit. Oh, my God. Like, that is is his version of Hellraiser. That's what (laughs) happens when you go to the Cenobite dimension. Just quietly. No one seemed to mention in Avatar that essentially they use their sex organs to connect to a horse. So he's hooked up with a whole bunch of people who fuck horses. No, emotionally and spiritually connecting, thank you. Oh, is is that what happened? He bought me a few there drinks. Is no, there is no horse fucking in James Cameron films. Thank you very much. There is 100% space horse fucking in James Cameron's There is films. not. There's fucking space horses. You, just, you filthy mind. It, is, it is space Tijuana. If they weren't mining that place, they would be sending people there to watch the space horse show. He'd go there and drink some kind of blue tequila and watch some dude with a giant, giant tail stick it in a horse. All right. Yeah, and this is this is why you don't work in property development anymore. Yeah, this is why lockdown is getting to me already. I'm already talking about bestiality in space. Uh, yeah, dude, literally one day. One day. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm already drinking my own urine like a lost sailor. Oh. Now, after a later hypnotherapy session, Antonio would go on to provide more detailed information about his traumatic ordeal, including details about the tall female alien's Soft white skin, long skilkin hair, and in his words, and I quote, Her breasts were fuller than the breasts of a female of Earth. <laughs> Clearly, Antonio has not been to LA. I'm just uh, <laughs> what about her butt? Did she have a Brazilian butt? That's what I want to know. No, I just presume that was hairy and downy as well. Yeah, he wouldn't have liked that. Mr. Tumnus has come along for a ride and no, no, he's not into it. (laughs) Now, whether you believe him or not, this was the first alien abduction story to gain the attention of the worldwide media. I wonder what it was that captured the world's (laughs) attention. Now, Antonio would 
later go on to say that although he was happy with the experience at the time, now disgruntled, he feels that the aliens only wanted him for one thing. In his words, all they wanted was a good stallion to improve their stock. <laughs> so they chose they chose that guy. Yeah, I know. It's a bit, oh, might be overselling your stock <laughs> somewhat. Hey, like, you know, it might be like getting a, a rescue dog, you know, like they're always genetically diverse, but they last a lot longer, you know. Like you get a purebred dog, it's going to have all kinds of problems with its hips, that kind of stuff. Get yourself a street dog, lives for 50 years. Yeah, more, more, more you know, sturdy, hardy. Oh, makes sense. Yeah, you makes never know. Sense. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, Next, we have Argentinian man Julio Platner, mm. who says he was diligently driving home in his van when bright lights suddenly appeared. He claims to then be unable to account for an extended period of time, mm. about two to three hours. Right. So when a disheveled Julio arrived home to his late, who can only imagine having her husband coming in late, messy and smelling like pussy, <laughs> no doubt demands an explanation. And at her insistence, he notifies the local police. Can you imagine that conversation? <laughs> Fuck, he did what? An alien, an alien abducted me. Can you imagine? Yeah, she would have just been like, oh, really, really? Yeah. Um, should we, uh, you should probably phone the police about that. Yeah. Don't you think you should phone the police? Huh? <laughs> and he did yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, he did it. This, this is the question. How far would you go in a lie before you actually come clean to your wife? Well, you know, space pussy. That's, um, you know. <laughs> Just, just try and call me on that. Are they going to take him down to forensics, take a swab? What are they going to do? Well, uh, he went to the police station with his wife, uh, lodged a formal uh, uh, statement <laughs> do to they have, police. Do they have a form for that? Oh, that's a 25B. Uh, got himself some sweet <laughs> space clunge. <laughs> You know what it is? It's the bloody patriarchy. You know what? It's just him rocking up going, oh, yeah, I'm here with the missus. But, you know, that bloody, you know, space alien. Wink. And he's like, oh, uh-huh. he's got a wife too. Yeah. He's used this same excuse a week ago. Like, oh, like the alien sex people. Yeah. yeah. Wink. I mean, let's look at the evidence. Empty your pocket, sir. We have a receipt here from a uh, Wanda's Pleasure Palace. Uh, you left the house with $50. You now have no money. Uh, oh, bloody aliens! Aliens took it. Bloody there is in an, my pockets. There is an empty condom packet in your in your pocket. Oh my god! Framed. See, <laughs> they want to see. Sow the seeds of doubt, honey. Sow the seeds of doubt. And your mugshot, which we are going to take now. Please stop smiling, sir. Please, please stop smiling. I can't. Please. <laughs> Did I mention the size of the breasts of the alien? Of the alien. That's very important to note. They matched or were better than those of Earth women. <laughs> She was, yeah. however, covered in a tuft of downy hair, and that was unacceptable. They had to give me <laughs> drugs to give me. They they invented Viagra specifically for this for this moment. That's how you know I wasn't into it, honey. You know I would never make passionate love to a ten foot tall, big breasted downy woman <laughs> in zero gravity while listening to Parliament Funkadelic. It had never happened. <laughs> 
<laughs> I will have sex with an alien, but you know me, I draw my line at thin hair. <laughs> she had armpit hair, Wanda. Armpit hair. <laughs> It didn't even match the curtains. (laughs) Oh, my God. Again, just the expectations of society. It is ridiculous. Even 30,000 light years in space, people are still judging you for your hairy bush. Yeah. He gets picked up by a race of super beings that can give him... You know the keys to the universe, and it's his turn to reciprocate. And he's like, "Nah, man, I, I don't, I don't chow down on pussy. I don't, I don't eat pussy. This, this is not happening." You know, just DJ Khaled yeah. the whole way, just like a fucking yeah. coward. Yeah, <laughs> like a fucking coward. That that's the rule to live by. If you if go down on your alien captors. Yeah. 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 I, I've, oh I've been in lockdown. God. I've been in lockdown for one day, and I'm already. <laughs> I'm already, Seriously, you're going down on aliens. I'm already an advocate for space cunnilingus. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. But it really makes you rethink to boldly go when no one has gone before. I bet they weren't thinking of alien Vijay. No. <laughs> no, they weren't. Now, the important thing to know is that aliens, however, are not racist and they do not have a racist bone in their body as they slowly bonk their way around the world. Now, in 1994, a Chinese farmer, Meng, uh, Meng, we'll just call him Meng. Was his last name (laughs) The Merciless? Meng Shu Hao. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> First, you're spending days Googling alien sex, getting you on ASIO's watch list. Now you're mispronouncing Chinese names. We are fucked. <laughs> like a Brazilian man driving home in his van. <laughs> Meng. <laughs> claimed to have had sex with an alien. Meng states he was working possibly the pipe, when he claims to have seen a mysterious metallic object shimmering on the side of a nearby mountain. Mm. So he did what any person who has seen any horror movie would ever do. He rushed towards it alone and without anything to document the moment. That's sound behaviour. But as as Meng then approached what he would later believe to be an alien ship, he claimed something hit him in the head, and he proceeded to black out. When he regained consciousness, he was initially confused and unable to communicate. He had also developed a fear of iron. Try explaining that one down the job (laughs) centre. You will be working with predominantly iron. How do you feel about working with iron, Ming? Um, Look... I would, but I once had this encounter with an alien and I like ran up to its ship when I saw it glowing and then it like knocked me out. Like, I don't know what it did in those like two to three hours, probably rubbed its like weird downy hair all over me. And I think I've repressed it, but I don't know what they did. But yeah, I'm I'm sorry. I have fear of iron. Oh, well, you're going to go work at the Apple iPhone factory and we're not even going to give you a net outside the window. So... Off to your lifelong curse you go. China's People's Republic <laughs> is a utopia. <laughs> now, Meng returned home and claims that night he was visited by another 
of our Valkyries. Oh, no. This gorgeous female alien was 10 feet tall with 12 fingers and curiously braided leg hair. Aliens are very European. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, absolutely. 12 fingers. Very, very good at Nintendo. <laughs> what can you, can you, can you imagine? <laughs> now, Meng claims that his body levitated up into the air where she straddled him and the two of them, whilst floating in his bedroom, had sex for 40 minutes. Oh, is that, is that I'm braided? I'm going to call bullshit. Is that I... braided leg hair or is that a rope ladder to heaven? <laughs> I call bullshit on this. I reckon it was more like one minute of lovemaking and 39 minutes of her waiting for pizza delivery. (laughs) Of course, he's talked it up to all his mates. Not down at the iron factory, but he's definitely talked it up to all his mates. (laughs) Now, the other thing is this was an experience which left Meng with a jagged scar five centimetres long. Right. Now, I don't know where the scar was. No article went into details or showed pictures of the scar, so clearly it had to be on his dick. <laughs> well, not if, if the horribly racist his... tropes about small Chinese penises are to be believed. <laughs> no, come on. If it wasn't on his dick, how come there's not a photo of it? We've already established that is the way that you disguise your spaceship by drawing cock and balls on it because the news won't show it. Liz, are you saying that men are afraid to photograph their penises? No. (laughs) But I'm saying the the news, the news won't put your dick pic on the news. No, I'm I'm yet to see a dick pic on the news. Yeah. Yeah. So clearly that's the only way. It's not on the news. Had to be a dick pic. Right. Now, Meng says he told his wife about the incident and he was relieved to find she was not too angry with him. Meng, I have I have a surprise for you. Your wife is very angry. <laughs> Your wife is very, 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 very angry. The worst kind of angry is when a woman tells you she's not angry. She is so angry. Or, in this rare case, she really wasn't because she had seen him the previous night pissed as a monk, lying on the ground, cuddling the dog, thinking it was taking him up into space, playing with its long, long hair. (laughs) Oh, my God. Like, you you need to stop this. You need to stop going down this path, John. Like, (laughs) seriously, you've been in quarantine one day. It's uh, it's affecting me badly. I'm being racist. I'm making all sorts of horrible – it's just not good for your brain. No, no. Now, one month later, Meng claims that he woke up and found himself levitating again, this time floating through his ceiling into a waiting spaceship hovering overhead. Meng says he spoke to the aliens and, I quote, now this is a direct quote from him. Yeah. They said in Chinese, but with a heavy accent, so it was hard for me to understand at first, that they were refugees like me, they wanted to escape their former lives, so they left their dying home. Okay, and they went to China. He says he asked to see the woman with whom he'd have sex and told it was impossible. However, the aliens told him, quote, in 60 years on a distant planet, the son of a Chinese peasant will be born. 
There's a lot of questions. There's a lot. Just to unpack that sentence. <laughs> a, 60 years? For sick? Can you imagine being pregnant? Are they saying she's going to be pregnant for 60 years? That's a, that's a lot. That's preeclampsia. I think they need to induce that. Or I really hope that's because of you know, the uh, was it is it the Allen effect? You know the distortion as you move away from space, it's um it moves quicker back on Earth once you go past a certain point. I really hope it's that, and that she's not carrying it around for sixty years. Yeah. The other thing is. They refer to him as a Chinese peasant. I'm not happy that the aliens have a sense of class structure here on planet Earth. They they picked the wrong place to go to. Basically, if uh, you know, if you're going to go anywhere in the world, don't go to one of the most polluted, stratified places in the world. I mean, with rivers that are basically made of pure dioxins, with you know internment camps where like Urga people are disappearing. <laughs> you picked the yeah, wrong. If you want to get a if you want to go away from your dying planet for the fresh air, yeah, mm. like don't go to the most heavily industrialized city on you the know, planet. Unless they unless they do come from like, you know, a planet where sulfur is the atmosphere. Oh yeah, then they could be loving that shit. They yeah, could be, know. yeah. Uh, now they also said to him that he would see his child one <coughs> day, but they didn't give him details. Now, Meng gained notoriety as the first Chinese person to have sex with an alien. Hooray! I wonder if he's on a stamp. <laughs> However, his account has garnered a mixed reaction from the general public and China's UFO community. Hmm. Uh, now, in the end, a university professor offered him a job maintaining a boiler in Harbin, um, where oh, he now works. I hope it wasn't made and of iron. his story is still frequently discussed whenever there is a UFO spotted right. in China. <laughs> now, if you think the English would be too reserved to have sex with an alien, then think again. No, the, the English aren't even reserved enough to not have sex with other English people. <laughs> and they are repugnant. So, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's harsh. Hey, no, I'll... oh my God, have you, met, have you met Tom Hardy? Well, clearly not. He's the oh. exception to the rule. Just just watch oh. one episode of Coronation Street and tell me if you would ever get a boner again without the assistance of drugs. Oh, my God. No. Oh, my God. Oh, Tom. Spray Tom. tan and puffer jackets. It is where boners Daniel go to die. Craig. Daniel Craig. Oh. Have you ever seen Daniel Craig get out of the ocean? Oh, he <laughs> sets my downy hair on fire. <laughs> In English, British councillor, that's right, a member of your local council office mm-hmm. in a position of authority as voted there by you, members of the public, Simon Parks, who was married somehow to a human earth woman, claims he meets up to four times a year with a female alien whom he calls the Cat Queen for sexual <laughs> intercourse. I mean, to, the fact that he sees a creature and his first thought is, mm, that looks like a cat. And then his second thought is, mm, I'm putting my dick in that. <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't, you, you wouldn't ask him to pet sit, would you? you I mean, you'd have to have that worry. Now, how come this guy doesn't have scars on his dick if he's fucking cats? Those things are wily, man. <laughs> well, maybe he has. Well, maybe we'll get to it. Now, Parks also claims to have fathered the Cat Queen's child, whom they named Zarka. 
Oh, of course they did. Of course they did. Now, Parks has never been shy to talk about his encounters. In fact, there are well over four hours of him in different interviews talking about himself and his cat queen, who is, you guessed it, nine feet tall. Presumably, if she's a cat, she's got eight boobies. She has large green eyes, small nostrils, and a thin mouth. And he's had now, to have some kind gets- of barb installed on his penis to meet her anatomically. <laughs> well, Bar- Parksy also claims to be part alien himself. Oh, that's not a he claim. claim- <laughs> <laughs> he claims to remember being six months old and being visited by a green alien. Mm. The alien stretched out her green bean-like fingers and told him telepathically, I am your real mother. I am your more important mother. Oh, someone's got some mummy issues. From the country that gave us privileged abandonment comes this freak. Oh, so now his thinking is A, that looks like a cat. B, who looks like my mum. C, I'm sticking my dick in that. (laughs) Now... Parksy himself looks nothing like an alien nor a cat, so presumably he must get his looks from his dad, who one must presume was also stooping aliens. From now on, sorry, now, sorry to interrupt, but from now on, every single survey I answer that's just got an A and B, I'm adding C. I'm sticking my dick in that. <laughs> I thought that's how you lived your life. <laughs> <laughs> Now, Parksy has also revealed that his continued affair with his alien lover has put a continual strain on his marriage. Oh. No shit. No shit. You know, I'm going to step up here and I'm going to say that alien fucking would be a deal breaker for me, let alone four times a year. He says his wife isn't impressed, which I'm pretty sure is the biggest understatement in the history of understatements. But... (laughs) Parksy reckons he gets to play the old get-out-of-jail-free card by insisting it's not cheating because it's not with a human. Uh, the defence rests, Your Honour. Um. <laughs> <laughs> that is literally one of the worst sentences you ever from a human being. Yeah, that's, that's up there. <laughs> <laughs> Now, in one of his interviews, Parksy claims that the reason why extraterrestrials are interested in him is not because of his physical body. I mean, no shit, Parksy. We've seen the videos of you. No one is interested in you for your physical body. Um, He insists what they want from him is what's inside. They want his soul. Presumably because all the cheating animal fuckers on their own planet had died out. (laughs) Now, Parksy wants to stress to his constituents (coughs) that his work life is unaffected by his unusual personal life. He even goes on to suggest that the aliens are more aware of the needs of the average citizen of the small Whitbury area than his fellow colleagues in the town hall. Wow. All I can think is that Parksy has been discussing local council matters with the aliens in an attempt to claim travel reimbursement from the council. <laughs> sure, 27, 27 cents a kilometre doesn't sound like a lot, but by the time you drive up Uranus, well, there goes the new wing to the leisure centre. 
Can you imagine the the bedroom talk between these two? She is a, a higher being from a completely different dimension, and he's there lying on his back smoking a Dunhill post-coitally. Just, you know, oh, they, they wanted to save money on a drain rotor, but I thought if we actually fucking hire one, we can just hire one. We don't need to own the plant. Fucking clean the city's drains for free, mate. For free. Uh, uh, I've yeah, saved we, the city 40,000 uh, quid. We, we uh, I managed to bend um, and, and time and space earlier in which I actually, you know, just brought together the two points in space in which, you know, you, you could coexist in two, you know, places at, at, this, at the same time, billions of light years away. But, yeah, tell me about this rotor situation. Yeah, well, fold, <sighs> folding space is all right in fucking June, isn't it, you fucking spice lord? But me, I, I filled out a, an occupational health and safety claim for something that wasn't yeah. even there. I claimed that the guttering on the fucking common was was a uh, bit too short. Uh, and I've... I've, yeah, I've I, uh, I, I, I actually, like, prevented um, an in, intergalactic uh, conflict that actually would have seen the, you know, g- the genocide of an entire, um, you know, species. But, yeah, no, so this, uh, th- this form... Uh, this, this sounds good. Yeah, well, I managed to get them to change from Tetley to Land Chew tea bags. So, uh, fancy another little scruff? Yeah, sure. Because <laughs> Space Alien Cat Lady is sad and desperate. So, there you go. It's a mirror dimension where gorgeous cat women are desperate and they come to Australia and collect the equivalent of uh, stray cat humans. <laughs> You know what? She can still do better. Yeah. She can still do better. I mean, how many of these? How many of these intergalactic cat fuckers are in Queensland? That's what I want to know. I mean, well, no, that's in England. That's in England. That's what I mean. But surely we've got some here in Australia. Oh, oh, we have one. We well, maybe we do. Maybe Ooh. we don't. But on the way there, how about we stop off in the old U.S. of A. Oh, yeah. Where everything is cool and normal. <laughs> now, David Huggins from Hoboken claims that at the age of 17, he lost his virginity to an alien-human hybrid named Crescent, which is the most Stevie Nick-sounding song ever. <laughs> now, he says that he was walking through the trees to a local lake and the owls were saying who baby who when he encountered a female alien she appeared mostly human but with some alien features like large eyes and a pale painted face she was wearing a wig have you seen american dad with roger the alien because that is exactly what i'm picturing he didn't fuck an alien he fucked a drag queen She disrobed, so Huggins did as well. And But the thing is, I don't know if that includes the wig or if the wig stayed on when they did it, and I am obsessed with knowing if the wig stayed on when they did it. What do you think? Do you think the alien keeps the wig on? If they can, if they can fold space and time, they can make an effective double-sided tape. <laughs> now, they had sex for the first time. He would later say, I just lay down on the ground and she got on top of me. I had no idea why me. I just don't know. Because you were drunk instantly springs to mind. <laughs> and you're mentally ill and it never happened. <laughs> Now, Huggins claims that these sexual hookups have contributed over the last, uh, continued over the last few years and have contributed to him having fathered 
50 hybrid children with Crescent. That's right. 50. 50 children. Her vagina must be ruined. It must drag on the floor behind her. (laughs) Can you imagine popping out 50? Jesus Christ. So I'm assuming assuming she's a space Catholic. Oh, my Lord. (laughs) Every time it's sacred. (laughs) Huggins goes on to reveal that he and Crescent are not alone during their trysts, with many of their sexual encounters being watched by a swathe of other aliens. A.K.A. hobos in the park. (laughs) This includes insect-like beings who are known to give orders and take charge of their trysts, whilst the other beings simply watch on. What the fuck? The audience consists of traditional grey aliens, as well as little short alien creatures resembling Sasquatch, so little Bigfoots with luminous yellow eyes, as well as one tall, thin, mysterious being with red eyes and a man bun. Jesus. This is starting to sound a lot like the closing scene of Requiem for a Dream, really. (laughs) Ass to ass. Uh, All I can think is like things like are just getting like crazy uh, (laughs) rowdy in the um, in the cantina in um... (laughs) Star Wars. Yes, a more wretched hive of scum and villainy. Villainy. This this is the type of thing that must go on, surely. Oh, without a doubt, in the Star Wars universe. Now, I know the real question that you want to know after hearing all of this. I know the truth you are seeking. Now, luckily, one reporter has asked Huggins that all-important question. Just what does the inside of an alien's vagina feel like? Jesus. In Huggins' words, quote, I can't say there was all that much warmth. You've got to remember, your senses are subdued when you're with them. The intense orgasm you would normally feel is toned down. Oh. oh <laughs> is, that, is that shame at work? What the oh, that's, fuck? Or the hobo he's stooping in the park is dead? <laughs> now, to truly capture the special moments, Huggins decided he would recre- recreate these encounters through the medium of surreal erotic oil paintings, oh. which are really something very special. Oh, and we will provide a link on the website. Oh, Etsy. Etsy in the worst way. You can actually purchase his erotic art oh. for your collection. Oh, if, in, if you are suffering from a case of uncontrollable boneritis and you cannot get rid of your five-year boner, this is the prescription. Uh. The the important thing to note is she she does have her she does have her wig on um, <laughs> through the erotic paintings. Um, do you know what? Maybe we should devote a whole episode just to these paintings. They are really quite special. Yeah. Um, now the thing is, I don't want you to worry because the ladies are not missing out on that sweet alien love. Pamela Stonebrook is a professional musician, jazz singer, and now radio host in Los Angeles. And she has had a number of sexual and erotic encounters with a shape-shifting alien reptile. 
Also known as any talent agent in the music industry. (laughs) (laughs) Pamela recalls that when their first sexual experience occurred, her lover at first presented himself as a handsome, well-built, blonde human male. Mm. Pamela and her lover were mid-sexual encounter when Pamela says she felt something change. Quote, all of a sudden, the energy felt totally different. It felt aggressive, and the entity and the entity felt bigger, Ooh. bigger than the person who was inside me. Oh, okay. I think that's called blow wearing off. <laughs> Suddenly, my senses returned. <laughs> <laughs> like what? Her lover dropped his facade and revealed himself to be a reptilian alien. But Stonebrook says she was beyond querying. Quote, the telepathic communication was so intense and sensual and emotional. It was everything you would want to feel and be able to surrender in a sexual experience. It was almost like every cell in your body was having an orgasm. It had a kind of playful, kind of bad boy attitude. It was kind of a sly, slick. It's really hard to explain, but he was... Definitely in control. Oh, God. <laughs> Perhaps this is the Lizard King Jim Morrison kept talking about. I don't know. Um, I can't comment. Now, Stonebrook says she was also set to write about her experiences in a book called Experiencer, a jazz singer's true account of extraterrestrial contact. <laughs> Now, in an article in the New York Post, they announced Miss Stonebrook was going to release a book all about her sex rooms with her lizard pal. Miss Stonebrook released a statement to say she was being misinterpreted. Her book was just not going to be one sordid sex story after another. It would discuss the aliens' real purpose for visiting and our place in the universe and work as a bridge to bring that UFO community and the mainstream media together. Of course. Unlike her alien lover, <laughs> the book company pulled out and the book was never released. <laughs> oh, yeah. And now we go to South Africa. The thing about her, just before it, we do go to South Africa, yeah, her music's actually really good. <laughs> like, every- I know. Well, that's it. Yeah, she actually has um, an album. You can find it on Spotify, other streaming platforms. Um, It's called Diva, an Intergalactic Journey. And on there, she has a couple of songs. One is called Alien. Um, The other one is The Heart of the Grey Matter. Mm. Um, Although one of the other songs on the album does sing about doing blow. So... I'm I'm just gonna leave that there. Yeah. Well, what you happens know? at Studio um, Fifty Four? Yeah. <laughs> stays at Studio Fifty Four. Yeah, that's it. Like, yeah, her her music. She's actually not a bad singer. I was actually listening to the album while I was preparing, like preparing for this, and a couple of the songs are actually quite good. Yeah. <laughs> Now, in 1956, Elizabeth Clara of South Africa claimed to have made love with a peaceful vegetarian extraterrestrial. Um, A.K.A. a backpacker. (laughs) I just find it curious that he's like, he's a vegetarian extraterrestrial. He would be a vegan extraterrestrial, but jeez, man. (laughs) 
Now, his race had been watching Earth and was concerned about the violence and brutality of the human race. If he had seen humans fighting for toilet paper recently in the pandemic, he, we haven't come far. <laughs> now, the alien's name was Akon. Yeah. He was a scientist. Does he have a mixtape? <laughs> he had a mixtape. DJ, rapper, scientist. He was older man, but he was handsome with striking eyes and golden hair. Oh. He and his shipmate Sharon had come from a civilization located on the seven planets orbiting Proxima. Uh, Prox, oh my lord, Proxima Centauri. Ooh. Akon told her, I can't, I can't take him seriously with that name. Do you think that's where the rapper got his name? I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I think the, the, the seventh planet just outside of Alpha Centauri, or was it Proxima Centauri? That's Proxima a, Centauri. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's basically Space Compton. So he's got some street cred. <laughs> he's got street cred? Excellent. Yeah. Uh, now, this is where it gets creepy. Akon told her, uh, told Elizabeth that he had been watching her since she was a child and uh, he had been waiting. Uh, run, girl! Uh, run! He is a groomer! Yeah. There is a reason he had to travel seven light years to prey on a younger woman on Earth because no alien his own age-appropriate age would put up with his bullshit. He's on a list in his solar system. <laughs> oh, my Lord. And he's come to space Thailand. He's one of those creeps that watches the Harry Potter films and has just got a countdown on for when's Hermione up for grabs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just just a, just just like a countdown clock, like yep. above the VCR. Eighteen, um, yay! Woo! Now, Akon, who I think we can all agree is a creepy, age inappropriate grooming son of a bitch. Yep. He told Elizabeth, "Quote: We rarely meet with Earth women. When we do, we keep the offspring to strengthen our race and infuse new blood." Mm. Elizabeth. I bet he doesn't play child support, though, does he? (laughs) Well, Elizabeth claimed that she made love with Akon in his spaceship while his cruisemate, Sharon, (laughs) collected plant samples outside to give them privacy. So I think he did the alien equivalent of left the tie on the spaceship. Uh, if you see my, if you see my Glaxorg hanging off the door handle, man, this spaceship is a rockin'. So you don't go <laughs> back in. Gas, grass, or plutonium, nobody rides for free. Elizabeth says that she conceived a child, a son, and that he was taken back to Akon's home planet of Meteon. Her son, she claimed, did visit her occasionally. However, there was no earth record of elizabeth having given birth to this child Mm, because it's on the vegetarian planet of meteon (laughs) in the plausible sector (laughs) just beyond credulity (laughs) now British psychic Stephanie Cohen claimed on a national morning TV program in Britain <clears throat> to engage in regular consensual sexual relations with a large group of aliens Ooh. that she refers to as Team Spirit. Which <laughs> Smells I guess is like nice. Team Spirit. 
Oh, yeah. But I mean, I mean, I guess it's nicer to write on a greeting card than Team Orgy or like Team Gangbang. Yeah. Be aggressive. I guess. Be aggressive. <laughs> now, Stephanie claims that she enters their UFO in spirit form while her physical body is asleep. Mm. Cohen claims to have had sex and physical orgasms with a number of different aliens on planets and other celestial bodies throughout our solar system. Now, according to Cohen, these aliens originate from different planets um, in the Canis Major system and have a number of various forms, including some that resemble the classic greys of UFO folklore. Others resemble humanoid reptiles and cats again. All of the Canis Major aliens indulge in sex, she says, particularly the cat people who are highly sexually charged, well, as we found out. That is, that is definitely too fucking – that's definitely the script with cats. <laughs> Go outside your window and see two aliens fucking in the bushes. God damn it. Don't you know that aliens are better confined? Get the spray bottle, Barry. Get the spray bottle. <laughs> I don't know, man. I saw that M. Night Shyamalan film. I think water kills them. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's a plot hole. Just use it. <laughs> now, Stephanie's number one companion is Ian, which is a bit of a letdown as far as alien names go. <laughs> I have come from across the universe. What is your name, oh great celestial one? Uh, it's Ian. <laughs> Ian. It gets... <laughs> Ian is an octopus man. Uh, uh, Ian's my cousin. <laughs> Ian. Ian is an octopus man. It's <laughs> <That's> even <laughs> better. <laughs> oh, I've got eight legs, but fucking three letters in my name. <laughs> Not even Barry or just something that's got two <laughs> syllables, just Ian. <laughs> Nationality, octopus. <laughs> uh, just imagine asking that. Raise your hand in class, Ian. Here, fucking <laughs> eight arms go up. <laughs> oh. oh my god, oh. Ian the octopus man. <laughs> she says he stays quite close to me. Like a spirit boyfriend. Well, not a boyfriend, a good spirit friend. He had just happens to be from an octopus race. It seems that Ian is a little more invested in this relationship than Stephanie, who on national television just got friend zoned. <laughs> I think Ian... my boyfriend. Well, not my boyfriend, really. Like an acquaintance, really. You know, we just we hang out uh, as at he, the aquarium. As he tries to put four of his arms around her and she shakes them all off in the one go, and poor Ian's got to slink back into anything smaller than his beak. He can just suck into the couch cushions and just disappear well, on I mean, live TV. Just, 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 just pops his ink. <laughs> just disappears. <laughs> but I mean, they're the golden words. Like as you dive into an orgy, like that's, you know, those are the words you've got to keep repeating. Don't fall in love. Don't fall in love in the orgy. Taylor's oldest time. Who's ever fallen in love in an orgy? Ian, Ian the octopus <laughs> man. 
a heart. And, and I think a Well, bee- technically he's got two if he's an octopus, two or three. <laughs> and they and all, all broke and they're both. Yeah. If you play back the tape, you can see the moment that Stephanie broke both of Ian's hearts. <laughs> Oh yeah, I used to like going oh. to the. I used to like going to Comic Con dressed as a Time Lord because I actually do have two hearts. But oh, now I'm just plain old Ian from Alpha Centauri again. Oh. Oh. Why, Stephanie? Why? <laughs> See, Ian needs oh. to meet some space lesbians, set some boundaries, get much better at space soccer, and he'll learn to be confident. Oh. Yeah. 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 Like. If you can't if you can't win a woman's heart with eight tentacles, you're doing something wrong, Ian. <laughs> now, I know you were probably screaming at your device right now, but don't worry, someone has asked Stephanie if she has considered the possibility that she is in fact just dreaming all of this. To which Stephanie replied A dream is a friendly way of letting you know what you've been doing without scaring you. That's what dreams really are. And, I mean, it's true. Dreams are just factual reminders of the day, which is why I hate them. I mean, they're reminding me about that time I turned up to my math exam naked and they remind me about all those times through the day that I just fall from a great height and die. (laughs) That that is a terrible motivational sticker as well. Dreams are just your body's kind way of reminding you of horrible things. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Now, Cohen then goes on to claim that dreams were just the alien's way of contacting with those who weren't ready for face-to-face contact. So it just got very confusing. So it's like, so now it is a dream or it isn't a dream? I don't, I don't know. Uh, But she says the aliens are always present. They're just not into showing off. They're very reserved and into themselves for people who have orgies. Um, To which the TV host exclaims, they had sex with you at a bus stop. That's not very reserved. (laughs) And I'm guessing Ian had to be the lookout. Poor Anne. At the same time. Yeah. I feel that's the most British thing ever. <laughs> like we f- the Brits finally make contact with an alien life form and they have a quick shag at a bus stop. <laughs> While Ian, the sexually frustrated octopus man, <laughs> looked out for the number 42 to Brixton. No, he, he, he just sits eating chips out of the paper bag. <laughs> Now, my f- my favourite part of the interview is when one of the hosts say that they will now show a photograph of the alien spaceship that Stephanie has brought along. Right. When it pops up, it in fact turns out to be a drawing that Stephanie has done herself of the spaceship, I think with crayons. Oh, like full Paris Hilton in prison style. Yes. Oh, no. Now, on the same on the same interview is paranormal psychologist um, is another guest on the show and he claims that her experiences are most likely a form of persistent genital arousal disorder, oh. um, which could explain her sudden random feelings of arousal and sexual stimulation. That's just when you just suddenly just you just keep having orgasms. Oh, that just happens to every woman I've ever met. <sighs> <laughs> So 
<laughs> okay, day one, we're into the delusional phase. <laughs> Don't you say that. Ian can hear you. <laughs> now, if you thought this could never happen in Australia, and oh. think again. Oh, this is Be- the country where I once heard my friend refer to his girlfriend as his sexual opponent. So I'm not going to rule anything out in this country. Uh, Everybody, draw your swords. In 1992, Australian Peter Curry dropped his wife at the train station in the early morning and went back home and went back to bed. He claims he awoke with a start to find two naked women in his bed. Mm. One woman, surprisingly, this is going to shock you, she had a Nordic appearance with light skin an elongated face, a sharp chin and blue eyes that appeared about two or three times bigger than those of a human. The other alien looked Asian with darker skin, a page boy haircut and jet black eyes. Ah. The Nordic woman, shockingly, was only six feet tall and very strong. She suddenly grabbed Kuri's head and forced it to her breath. Her breath? Sorry, that was breast, not her (laughs) breath. He forced it onto her breast. He tried unsuccessfully to pull away. Uh, uh, Oh, uh. some feeble attempts there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gorgeous woman. Kuri, without warning, bit down on her nipple. Part of it came off in his mouth and he swallowed it. Jesus fucking Christ. Is this dude bloody Jeffrey Dahmer? The woman was nonplussed by this development and seemed to indicate wordlessly to the other woman that something had gone amiss. Now, there are many ways to describe having your nip bitten off in coitus. Something gone amiss. (laughs) Is not it. Am I doing this right? Let's let's read Space Dolly magazine again. I, I'm not sure I'm supposed <laughs> yeah. to have... He's not supposed to bite part of me off, is he? Oh, my God. This is so weird. This never happens with Ian. <laughs> He's so gentle with his beak. <laughs> Curry then had a coughing fit and the two women vanished. Ah, uh, Corona. <laughs> At which point he felt an overwhelming Oh, Lord. He felt an overwhelming urge to pee. (laughs) Corey found it difficult to urinate and discovered that there was a fine blonde hair wrapped around his foreskin, which he ran out into the kitchen and grabbed a plastic baggie to save the hair. Uh, Okay. What, it had sealed his dick shut like like a Polish sausage? Oh, yeah. He then provided it to a UFO enthusiast. (laughs) Well, fair enough. I mean, you can't just ring the CSIRO and got, I've got a dickhead that needs looking at. Get it to forensics. It's totally an alien downy dickhead. Now, the enthusiast who uh, says he had the DNA sampled and that the DNA came back as very much human, claiming that it matched the DNA of the Luhao people who lived in the border regions between China, Thailand, Myanmar and Laos, which he claims is a UFO hotspot. 
Right. The other alien hotspot being in Mr. Curry's pants. <laughs> now, this is 1992, correct? Yes. They didn't even successfully map the human genome until when? Like 2013 or something like that? You'd have to ask Ian. I think M. Night Shyamalan wrote this guy's story because there's a plot hole. I don't know. <laughs> well, the other thing, I mean, <coughs> maybe, it, maybe it sat like in this creepy enthusiast finger waggling. Maybe it sat in this creepy enthusiast, you know, freezer until 2013. And then he sent it off down for a test. It might have Jurassic Dick. Yeah. Yeah. There's some rich guy on an island somewhere <laughs> creating. <laughs> like six foot, like alien human hybrid Nordic women with disposable titties. And we would all watch the, the return of Dr. Ian Malcolm to that shirtless. Oh, 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 oh. oh my God. You know what? If I was going to refresh, okay, my, my alien blood stock, okay, <laughs> that's come on. Like, Come on. Like, yeah. come on. <laughs> <sighs> Sorry, I got myself all flustered. Oh, no. Um, You're in a state of arousal. <laughs> God damn it, Ian. Ian, <laughs> I didn't even see you come in, Ian. <laughs> oh, my God, I'm levitating through the roof. Ian, not now. <laughs> now, people have said that we are all just figures in an alien snow globe. Turns out. We're all just figures in an alien Tinder app. And those are our close encounters of our third base of the week. <laughs> just imagining alien porn browsers. Humanoid subjects in your universe are down to fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Meet me. Oh, my God. I just imagine so like alien, some alien is just going to pop up in Mr. Curry's room and just be like, yeah, so... Uh, I hear a good time. <laughs> yeah, and all your colleagues from the uh, Space Council once a year are going on a holiday. Oh, we're going to go to Earth. Oh, are you now? You're going to Earth. Yeah. You're going you know, to engage in some sex tourism. No, the fishing's good. And I, I'm going to go to the temples. And I uh, might- Cows, man, cows. I am just going for the cows. You yeah. know I appreciate a good cow intestine. I'm, yep, and uh, I'm a vegetarian, so it's all good. I'm taking Ian. Ian's a solid guy. He never gets up to mischief. Ian's coming with us. And uh, we might also commit some sex crimes, but mostly the temples. That's why we're going. Yeah, mostly, mostly, mostly the temples. Come on, you know Ian. We've got to go. He just had his heart broken recently. You know he needs this. Which he one needs this? <laughs> <laughs> oh my lord! So, yeah, that's. I mean, have you? Okay, if you had to have sex with a movie alien, yeah. Okay, so any alien out of any movie. Mm. And excluding the ones that just look like human beings. Like okay. you can't just say Keanu Reeves in The Day That Stood Still, Earthmate. Okay. Something that actually looked like an alien. Which alien would you hit? Oh, fuck. Hang on. Let me. you got to let me think about that because I wasn't thinking of this. Um, so it can't, just be, uh, it can't just be the chick from Species in human form. Uh, yeah, no. You can do the chick from Species in Species form. No, no. She's, she's rather violent. Which, you know, there's a fine line between pleasure and pain, but uh, heads exploding and stuff. 
That's really. You know, you're just going to have a safe word. I think that's the problem with that film. They hadn't discussed their safe word. Okay. Um, look, there's some pretty handy looking units in Star Trek, let's be honest. Um, mm. I reckon, you know, the new series of Star Trek on, um, on Netflix that they, they uh-huh. recently did was that. Um, oh, fuck, what was that called? Horizons or something? I can't remember. But some of those. Uh, uh, you know the one? No, you, you, you can't just, you can't. Okay, basically I'm saying would you do the Xenomorph or the Predator? That's what I'm asking. Oh, Predator you, really. every fucking day of the week. Um, <laughs> what the fuck are you? <laughs> no, the, um, <laughs> no, I, I was going to say some of the Klingon women in the new series of Star Trek are pretty pretty tasty. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I'd, I'd bang a Klingon woman. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she'll lay yeah. eggs in your chest, but fucking it'll be all right. Uh, you obviously can't get near a xenomorph because of the acid. Uh, but a predator, mm. I reckon, if you've got a, a female yaucha, you might have a go. Um. <laughs> uh, well, actually, the, the thing to uh, remember is that uh, with the predator lore, all the aliens that you see in the movies are actually uh, male predators. Oh, really? Uh, yes. So there's no female I yaucha? Was- because I, I was I was very obsessed with uh, aliens and Predator as a child. I read yeah. all the comic books <laughs> and all the books. Yes, no, it's um, uh, the female predators are bigger than the male predators, and oh. they actually run society. They're the warriors. They're getting shit done, and basically, all these men going off on the hunts. It really is the men thinning themselves out so that if you become a successful enough hunter, yeah. uh, a female may choose you for breeding. Mm, okay. Which well, I is just so is so progressive. I'm all on board for the predator culture. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. The blue chick from Jabba's temple in Return of the Jedi, the one that gets um, dropped down into the um, into the rancor pit. Oh yeah. Yep. I def- oh yeah. No, that's that's a. Well, hopefully before the pit and not after. No, because you're basically fucking a pile of poo then. (laughs) (laughs) See, again, this is like, this is like the, this is like, this is so bullshit. These are the options that you get. Yeah. And like, what options do the women get? We get Jabba the Hutt. Hey, it's more cushion for the pushing. <laughs> you can't even be like, oh, he's got a nice personality. No, no, he doesn't. He's a he's a fucking asshole. You know he doesn't call you back. What about Darth Maul? He's oh, athletic. Oh, those teeth though. Oh, if anyone is going to bite your nipple off, oh, true. It's going to be that guy. True, true. Anyway, you know what? I would never have sex with Darth Maul because. Judging from his performance in that terrible film, there is such like there's such dramatic build up, like this is gonna be awesome. Yeah. And then at the end, brr, so disappointing. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's he a- has never made I'm gonna say it, Darth Maul has never made an audience or a woman come. <laughs> yeah. He's at the back practicing with his nunchucks, but when it comes down to comes time to throw down, nah, there's nothing there. Yeah, <laughs> nothing. Absolutely nothing. Yeah, it's just, I just lied there. I don't know what happened. She kept her wig on. Nah, not interested, babe. Yeah, he's too into his protein shakes and <laughs> keeping the carbs low. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no, that doesn't, yeah. It's not floating, not floating my boat. You get I would have sex with a Terminator. Basically, it's just, it's just, just one giant satisfying vibrator. <laughs> I was going to say, you get Alf. What's wrong with Alf? 
Why kill me? <laughs> oh my god! I think I actually dated Alf. His but face that's, is that's basically a, a butt plug. Don't kink shame. I'm not kink shaming anybody. I'm the one who was advocating for cunnilingus with alien women just earlier. I know. Was he? Oh, uh, yeah. No, we've already we've already established that you're ruling out the people of Avatar, aren't you? Yeah. Well, those horse fuckers—they're weird. They're not horse fuckers. Oh, the, uh, James Cameron does not make movies about horse fuckers. I'm saying it now. Okay. What about some, what about people from the Marvel universe? Obviously, besides superheroes. Because yeah. obviously you would just do all of them. Yeah. So yeah. so nobody from the Marvel. Who would you not do in a Marvel? Who would I not do? Yeah. Uh, I reckon the Vision. He's he looks pretty vanilla. Um, you know what? Tom Hardy is so hot. Right. If, if we're gonna if we're gonna talk about comic book characters, Tom Hardy is so hot as Spawn. I'd even do him while he was Spawn. Really? Well, that tongue is Have pretty. Have you seen long. that tongue? Yeah, it's pretty long. <laughs> But that's presuming that he—that's presuming that he gets down, and he's not these DJ Khaled types. Just you know, look, uh, you never know. You just—you never know. That's—that's—that's that's, that's love, man. That's love. That is true. And I think that we have loved this to death this evening. <laughs> Thank you to everyone who's tuned in and listened. It's actually been—it's uh, actually been very nice to see the numbers growing and people getting on board. And uh, hello to all our friends in Texas who've been listening. Funnily enough, that's a bit weird, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to pretend that's not something. You know Go on. Do you know where the numbers have been growing mostly? Uh, well, Texas and Virginia, which is weird. In my pants. Oh, numbers aren't good in pants. <laughs> you need to see a Sorry. doctor. I, I I haven't been on a date with Mr. Kuru. I haven't had any nips bitten off. It's all good. I'm ready to fire. Well, so Ian, if you are listening, <laughs> I am single and looking for a man who can fit through a hole as small as his beak. <laughs> it has been a while. <laughs> and with that, I think we should end this madness. One day into lockdown, and it's descended into pure chaos. <laughs> right, call me Ian. <laughs> Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next week. <laughs>